What's up out there, everyone? Hey, you know what's wild? I completely forgot to mention it, but June 14th marked a full year of Knucklebones. We'd been planning and prepping and gearing up for a while before that, but I mean, a year full of releases is a pretty nice milestone to hit. Obviously, without some great support from our patrons and our friends, we absolutely would not have stuck to it, but right now, I know the four of us here on the show are having a great time playing and sharing it with you guys. Yeah, sure, we've been late on some releases and we've had our share of audio issues and whatnot, but hey, since day one, we've been learning and getting better, and isn't that really the entire point of any artistic endeavor? You only get better the longer you practice. Thanks for sticking it out with us and for listening. Make sure to check out our socials at KnuckleBonesPod and leave us a review. I hope you enjoy episode 31, and if you want to get right to the action, you're going to want to jump to the 15-minute mark. I'll talk to you soon. Previously on Knucklebones. After fending off some very skilled casters, their apparent leader, a mountain of a man called Andres, turned out to be an old friend of Liza's. After a brief history lesson, he told the butts that the Church of the Luminous has claim on whatever was within the maelstrom. He also mentioned that the fellow running Liza's old hideout, Camden, has been ousted by a competitor, Jeff. No, seriously. Jeff? Nicknamed him Jeff. After catching up on some beauty sleep, the group made way to meet up with Admiral Nemery. Their route took the butts right through Camden's old turf, once a desolate and seedy place, now home to bakeries and coffee shops. Bone boys, Scalades, osteo envies, trans taluses, chitin kids, and all the cartilaginous folks in between, welcome back to Knuckle Bones. Knuckle Scraps! Oh, I'm so sorry, Nick. Welcome back to Snuckle Snows. <laughs> I'm glad I gave you something else you can hang your hat on. I couldn't even say (laughs) Snuckle Spones. Like, it was too much. I tried too hard, and my brain was like, no, it's Snuckle Snones now. Fuck off. I fully forgot about Jeff. The the secret there, behind the scenes a little bit, is I was going to call him Steve, and then I was like, that's way too generic. Let's call him Jeff. So wait, you started. You just started to say Steve, and then you were like, "Fuck, I'm gonna pivot," even though I've already started yeah. talking. Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm a bad neighbor. And you, and I'm you sorry. Thought, instead of going like Jeff or Stevef or something, you, instead of blending them, you went Jeff. Nah, nah. It was. I mean, I was gonna lean into Jeff, and then Max, I think, was the one that called me out. Did you really just name this guy Jeff? Like, yeah, I guess. If that's where we're at, sure, sure. Jeff is a great name. <laughs> you name NPCs like I guess in Wordle. It's just five. <laughs> it's five letters. Let's go, baby. I don't know what I'm doing. Ugh. Good Who's luck Jeff? in Godspeed. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, Jeff seems like a really nice guy. Like, oh, absolutely no shops? gods supports Jeff. <laughs> That is the, the name of a creature from the abyss if I've ever heard. I of. just appreciate that, like, Jeff is, like, a very, like, especially if you were to do, like, S apostrophe Jeff, you know, it's, like, a, a very D&D name for a basic white guy, and this place has been clearly gentrified. So I feel like, what? you know, mm-hmm. Jeff is, is pretty indicative of the type of character that we're dealing with. You know, it's yeah. also kind of a fun reversal. Of oh man, right I bet for... Jeff talks like <laughs> total like surfer dude, and he like Jeff, walks around bro. barefoot and he like loves kombucha. I was thinking Scottish. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, see, I oh. had like a, I had like fake Earth Child in my mind. I had to like, hey guys, it's Jeff. I'm just here to tell you that like, I think you're beautiful like on the inside. Like I wouldn't have sex with you because you're totally gross, but I think like you're hard, bro. <laughs> but yes, I'll talk yes. to you like I'm interested to make you continue to talk to me and pay me money. Jesus. You're the, you're totally the duff of the group, but like, I'll put up with you for now. He sounded really cool for just a minute, and then all of a sudden it's like, I, now I understand why he killed Camden, because he's just a straight prick. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah, and we, Camden we, was yeah. a bi prick. Yeah, wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Door swings open, he slides in. Sup's Jeff. I feel like Jeff has a V that is so deep, it's almost a cummerbund. You know, I said that he what? carried a surfboard, but actually it's a longboard that he Jeff, bro. that he skates on barefoot and he just like uses it to wheel mm. into every scene. Like you don't think he's there and then all of a sudden you just hear it like <laughs> So yeah, guys, like, listen, you know, I, I think like it, when it comes to matters of the heart, we really gotta like <laughs> take a step back and reflect on, you know, where everyone's coming from and the hurt that they're coming with. And then he always okay, signs I'm, off by saying, it's Jeff. I have two. He's in love. Jeff in love, kids. Jeff is absolutely a guy who always has a longboard that you've never seen on a longboard. <laughs> right, um, right. Also, you just made me realize like a person using the phrase matters of the heart in like an everyday conversation is such a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> also, like to me, He's the he's the guy who's always talking about the clothing brand that he's starting, and it's oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Love. Just and it's Jeff and Love. Yeah, it's it's S J L, and it's just Jeff and Love, dude. And oh, no, like sorry. he sold it, maybe it, four. Jeff shirts. is definitely spelt with a G, right? S G E O F F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh 100%. yes, yes, yes. A hundred percent. Yes. So okay. S G L. Yeah. Important distinction. S G L. It's Jeff and Love, baby. What's Jeff up? Hey, thanks for coming out. I just wanted to show off my new product line. I got three new shirts. You got to act quick. They're about to get out. Clavicado. Yeah, because you only juice. have three shirts in it's inventory. Clamato and avocado. And they're, yeah, they're just they're just my old shirts too. <laughs> they come with the genuine Jeff stink. It's Jeff and it's, Love. And it's it's not that it's Jeff sells three <laughs> types of shirts. He sells three shirts. Only has three shirts. <laughs> and, and then whenever they sell out, he goes on a long diatribe about how owning more than three shirts is like bad for the planet, bro. <laughs> I'm just curious how this Mercedes and drives away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just curious how this became Jeff from from the guy that killed Camden and started bakeries and coffee corners. I think this is exactly the kind of guy. That's what that's what gentrifiers look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what gentrifiers. Yeah, this is what actual gentrifiers look like. Cool dude to actually suck. That's great, Nick. I don't know if you know that this long riff of ours is actually deep political commentary. (laughs) Nick, have you ever been to Santa Cruz? No, I just. (laughs) God, I gotta say, I I gotta say, I do really love Santa Cruz, but Jesus Christ. I've never been. I just know of it. What's it like? Oh, I thought it was just say, a normal place. Santa Cruz is like the coolest fucking place you've ever been. And then you look around for a minute and you go like, oh, a lot of this is performative. Uh... And and the problem with it is that it's like it's like a dope-ass small hippie town that everyone knows is a dope-ass small hippie town. So the only, like, the people who actually are the cool local people who were there doing that shit and vibing for a hell of a long time 
I've been sort of forced out. And now there's a bunch of people who like have these, they have those places and they're doing those things, but they, that's not really like the culture they're from. And so it's it's, weird, like, it's it's, like people from, but it's, it's it's people from Westland, Oregon who were raised by like a lawyer and an accountant parents who, and they have a trust fund and they're like, man, I'm going to take my gap year and I'm just going to like go up and down. (laughs) the california coast and i think like i think i'm just gonna start a commune outside of like maybe santa cruz like i think like that'll work i don't think me. bigamy's that big of a deal like when you think about it like as long as it's like sensual and stuff look yeah. real this is terrible podcast but real santa cruz story i took my little sister there uh one of the first times she came to california because it's just like a cool spot to check out and uh, Nick, I, I'm assuming you don't know this. They have like a boardwalk, like an old school East Coast boardwalk with like a fucking Ferris wheel and carnivals and shit. That's like one of the big oh, okay. draws to Santa Cruz. Sure. Um, I, Max, don't laugh. I didn't single out. I just assumed the other two of you knew because you jumped no, on the Santa I'm Cruz No, I'm laughing train. about what I'm about to type in the chat. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we, we do the boardwalk thing. It's very fun. They have the ricketyest roller coaster you've ever been on. So it's like not that exciting until you think you're going to die. And then it's mostly scary. <laughs> Um, then my sister's like, you know, Alaska girl, she's like, let's go swim. And I'm like, oh, it's the Pacific and it's August. It's going to be like 40 degrees. And she was like, yeah, don't be a pussy. Like, yeah, I'm from we're from Alaska. Alaska. And I was like, oh, fine, we'll go swimming. So there's nobody swimming except the two of us. We're in the water frolicking around and all the Californians are like, what the fuck are these idiots doing? Um, and then a sea lion crests out of the water, not two feet from us. And it's just like, what's up? And we're like, holy shit. Is it going to bite us? And it was like, <laughs> obviously trying to play. And like, dude, I fought every urge of my body to try to pet it. Cause I was like, I know it how this, will eat your hand. I know what, ha- I'm going to reach out and it's going to nip at me, even if it's just kidding and it's going to fucking murder me, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it like just checked us out for maybe like a minute, minute and a half. And it was just sort of like bobbing its head around and splashing and having a good time. And it just hung out hey like, seriously, no more than two to three feet from us the whole time. And was sort of flipping around in the water and coming up and down and stuff, and then just like took off. And weird. So the one day we spent in Santa Cruz was like this Magical. fucking dope thing where like, yeah, I took my sister and she was like, we went through the redwoods and then we immediately were on the ocean because Santa Cruz is situated in such a way you can do that. And then it was like boardwalk, roller coaster, sea lion, ocean. And then we like went to San Francisco and my sister was like, I think California fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> Anytime that I have seen like a seal or or sea lion or whatever, I honestly don't really know the difference. Like in close enough distance that it was a possibility to potentially touch it. It's just been like mm-hmm. that that terror that crosses my mind where it's like this thing is so cool looking and like it makes me think of a little dog, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like I wouldn't want to pet a wild dog. I would yeah. I, I would swim away yeah, from did. that thing. You know what right. I mean? Like they I look could... cool and I want to pet it, but I don't want it to kill me. It acted so much like a cool neighborhood dog. Like it had exactly that energy and the urge to just scritch its little ears was so, and I was like, don't, don't, don't don't be a statistic. Right. Right. (laughs) What is that statistic while we're speaking of it? Is there a statistic for, you know, I I think that instinct though also comes in, at least I feel, especially once you've owned a cat, you really, strongly distrust any creature uh, that seems to be luring you into a false sense of security. 
You know, like, Look, my kitten is the fucking cutest little I just, thing. I just when want you guys to click this out and look at its stupid face. What are we looking at here? Oh, come on. No, look Matt, like Matt had to send us a picture of a very he adorable like California sea lion. Okay. He so, looks like so he needs to get pet behind the ears. So, no, that's what I'm saying. Did so, you basically, guys, just okay, like this, this is guy. kind of funny because we're talking about a character named Andres, but also possibly Anders. And there's a movie from my youth called Andre that features a sea lion and a little girl who oh. are best friends. And I was quite a fan of that. Rented that on VHS quite a lot. Man, that was some mind palace shit right there. Because <laughs> you know like, weird? here's yeah. a connection, and here's a connection, and boom, and I'm just like, ugh. That's I'm just so I, jealous. I, that's how my Can I take that one works. step further? Because that, for some reason, unlocked a thing I forgot happened. <laughs> and if you guys want I'm to see... This. If you guys want to see the front man for the band Rammstein as like henchman mm. number two or three in a uh -huh. child's movie about an animal. You should watch the German film, Amundsen der Penguin. Uh, Amundsen uh, der Penguin. Yeah. Till, till fucking Lindemann shows up and is like, I'm a bad guy. And he like chases a girl and a penguin around and it's very funny. I'm more interested in the girl and the penguin than Rammstein's whoever. Oh, I mean, it's I a very a classic, like she befriends a penguin and then they, uh, the penguin for whatever reason has like, I don't know, nuclear Three codes or some live, shit in its brain. They get married. It has some kind of like, it has like, love, oh, bad guys need to capture this penguin for some dumb fucking reason. So I love like, how you when know, you're a kid, quote, quote, real scary bad guys. You know. I love how when you're a kid, the parents are the bad guys because they're like, no, you can't hang out with that sea lion or no, you can't hang out with that orca. And like, as you're growing up, it's like, no, that kid should not be in the orca tank. <laughs> Right. You know what Why I mean? Like, like no. With this orca. <laughs> I just yeah, watched Free Willy recently. Kid, like, come on. Yeah, when you're a kid and your parents are like, you can't free your willy, and then you're an adult <laughs> in the state, it's like, you can't free your willy. <laughs> and then you're just like in jail for indecent <laughs> exposure. And you're like, I don't know. I thought it was pretty decent. <laughs> oh, that was not, pretty decent. No, no, that was, that was pretty decent. That was pretty decent. <laughs> credit where credit is. It's pretty cool. I mean, in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> All right, there the you grand, go, Max. Speak of the grand there's scheme of things. <laughs> it's a great okay, bud. point. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think we need to start this whole episode over, guys. I don't think that we can redeem any of this. <laughs> I can't wait for someone next week to be like, previously on Knuckle Bones. The dicks were decent and the butts were dumb. <laughs> sea lions oh, wow. abound. Did they adventure? No one's sure. You wow! No you just wrote sure. the opening line to my recap. That's wild. Uh, okay, okay. Give me a few seconds. The dicks abide. Dicks abide. Take me to a fucking airship. Ding. A bell rings from behind the counter in Camden's old hideout. And this stout woman with a smile on her face picks up her fresh cooked pastry puffs from the counter. A line of people formed at the counter as people wait to give their orders and an aroma of fresh coffee wafts through this dining room as a server puts on a new pot. Babitha, Blep, Galtier, and Liza, you guys sit in this corner booth. Liza staring maybe longingly into old carvings on the windowsill. And then from somewhere like off in the dining room, 
you hear a, well, by the light! And the soldier approaches your guys' table. He's dressed in some, like, blue, uh, what do you call, like, common armor? Like, not, he's not an oath knight, you know, but, like, fatigues? Is that what, is that what those are called? I mean, yeah. is he wearing I mean, armor, guess. or is he wearing fatigues? Yeah, is he wearing camo from like the 20th century? Right. Right. Like, what is because, he wearing? Nick, because the way you describe things, we don't know. Oh, we genuinely he looks, don't he know. He looks like. Is he in fucking cargo shorts, bud? Right, right. Is he in plate armor or cargo shorts? He could be wearing like leather armor, and you can tell that it's like adorned in a way that this is his casual armor. What Max said. Thank you. <laughs> casual oh, this armor. Is, on, on Fridays, they wear casual armor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got a little flower print on it. Yeah. So this guy this guy approaches the table. Uh there's probably like fifteen or twenty people in this little pastry shop that you guys have stopped in. And <laughs> this soldier, he looks like maybe town's guard or something like that. Like he's he's wearing some armor, but it's really light sort of stuff and he approaches the table and he kinda of puts his hands down and one hand on his hip and he turns toward, towards Gaultier and he says well, by the light, Gaultier Dejamot. Is that you? He leans forward a little bit. Dang, I thought you'd be scared to show your face in Astrovale. Last time I saw you, you were puking off the side of the Palamede. I mean... Oh, well... <laughs> the camera pans over to Blip's face, and he has the biggest smile at his mouth. Like, his <laughs> mouth is just half open, and he's just like... <laughs> his giant frog mouth... <laughs> Yeah, and he's just grinning, and his eyes are just darting between Gaultier and this strange uh, newcomer <laughs> in uh, Lulu leather. He kind of this this guy kind of like like taps at Gaultier's leather or Gaultier's armor like with the back of his hand. Well, I mean, sure, we were crashing and all that, you know, but nobody else was a puking. Isn't that right? <laughs> well, uh, Gaultier's going to quickly sort of take a survey and realize like he's. He can't really lie to his his party or this person who was, you know, is a primary source, right? But you guys, I think it's clear that he thinks about it and then just goes like, well, now, now, well, that was a long time ago now, now, friend. And of course, uh, that was my first time on an airship. And it, if I recall, it wasn't piloted all that expertly. Well, now, I don't know if that's entirely true, really. I felt like we were doing just fine. Uh, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but you know, I'm so, listen, I'm so close to the ground. I often just assume people haven't seen me here if they haven't greeted me immediately. Babitha Burbage, pleasure, delighted. Please pull up a chair and tell us more about Gaultier. <laughs> uh, just totally vomiting his brains out in the airship. See, we're going to go see the airship today. I'm excited. I'm an artificer. You say, grab a chair, grab a chair. Come, 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 come. Well, now, did you, just say, did you just say, Babitha, you guys are coming on, you guys are coming for the airship? Well, of course, darling. Yes, we do I mean, plan it, uh, on stealing it. No, my friend here. You're going to have a real hard time getting by security. Well, I don't know uh, why it sounded like that. <laughs> can I try and uh, pickpocket this guy? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got like a he's got a coin purse and a and like a dagger on his hip and some other like a pouch over his shoulder and stuff. Hold on, before okay. you before you roll, Max. A cup of coffee in his questions. hand. One, Nick. I assume I know who this is. Uh, yeah. 
do I know this, their name or maybe how? No, I them definitely or, not. Wanna, no, this is this guy. Tell me those details? <laughs> no, I just thought I thought you would tell me. This fellow's name is Tend Shawl. I'm not entirely sure what your guys' relationship was, but he was uh, he was another okay. person on on that first airship when you got, you know he was there when it crashed and everything. Okay. My second question is for Max. Yes. Does Liza give any indication of what they are about to do? Or what they are about to uh, attempt, I should say. Um, I would say they do not. My plan is I'm going, Liza's going to reach over and like nudge. Uh, after Liza says, we plan on stealing it. And then he says, you'll have to get past <laughs> security. Liza's going to get up and like shake his hand and try and take his watch with their off hand. Now, I just want to point out one thing real quick. I get a lot yes, of sir. shit for I get a lot of shit for my uh, uh, anachronisms. For my anachronisms. Now, let me just ask yeah. you one question. You think that a watch? I, I might I might draw the line at a watch. Watches okay. have been a long, around oh. a lot longer than cargo Does he have a shorts ring? have. You motherfucker. What is it? A, sun, Does he have a, ring? Is it a sundial? <laughs> I mean, how do they know Magic! what time it is? Okay. You think an artificer so, can't make a timekeeping device? So here's Max. Let me interject. What is here. what is it? An hourglass? Um, <clears throat> it's a portable sundial in, on your wrist. Don't be yeah. dumb. Okay. 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 In, he's, in yeah, he's got to watch. Where, um, as soon as Liza looks. Um, like if Galtier can tell at all that they have that like you know the mischievous twinkle in the eye, they're starting to like get up to go for the handshake. Um, <laughs> Galtier seeing this is going to pop up and say, um, "Oh no, I'm so sorry there, Tan. Where are my manners? Of course, these are my traveling companions, uh, Mabitha Burbich and Liza Uzdrovich. It's been a, a real pleasure to see you again, there, friend." Um, Hello. And, Yes, well, nice. Pleasure to meet all you. I would like to attempt to, um, if I see Liza going for anything, whether it's like a sleight of hand thing or like a belt pouch, whatever the, the mark is, Althea is going to try to like hold his attention and keep sort of like turning him and touching him. And, and like, he actually, this is the one time he's like fully approving of Liza's petty crime. Did, did you intend to maybe not get along while you were on the, uh, the Palamede? I've decided from his intro that Ten sucks and I hate him. Oh, <laughs> I was I so, felt Bob's. I felt like it was like a ha 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 kind of thing. But all right, I I think uh, kind of so, petty, baby. I hate him. <laughs> He's the worst. Nick, Jeez. what would you say is more likely? This person has like a bracer on their wrist or Hell something? Hell no, he got like a watchdog. Okay. I thought maybe a ring would be more funny now, but okay, he's got a watch. Okay, he's got a he's got a ring, but it is a watch. <laughs> it's got a little clock face on it. Okay. Um, you want to you want to try to steal his his watch ring? So you'll roll a sleight of hand. That's a twenty three. <laughs> That's a very good sleight of hand. Uh, very good jewel suck. I was going to give you advantage for Galtier helping, helping you out, but it's entirely unnecessary. I think. No, that... I want to see if I crit. <laughs> okay. Crit, sure, crit, why not? Crit, crit, crit. I literally got the exact same thing. Hell yeah, it's destiny, baby. Uh, yeah, you. As, as you reach out to, like, shake his hand, and Galtier is distracting him somehow, and you're able to just, like, you kind of do the two hand clamp handshake, and Galtier smacking him on the shoulder a little bit. And slide that nice little ring off the ring watch off his finger 
Okay. And uh, I am basically going to hold on to that to potentially embarrass him down the line and say, I don't think uh, security will be much problem for me. So, so is that right? You got through. You got through the security. You got. You're gonna get aboard the airship, huh? You're here to work out on the Uraka. That's crazy. I can't believe they brought you back for another one. Well, now I have to say it was actually quite fortuitous. We just happened to be in town for an unrelated matter, but you know how it is. You you come on down to town, and people say, hey, well, "Why don't you come on down and check out this new airship?" You know, when you're important <laughs> and everything. Uh, and Liza's going to immediately back him up and pull out the writ from the king and just be like, well, yes, we are extremely important, um, as you can see. I'm fully backing up G here. He leans in and, like, with the back of his hand again, he kind of, like, uh, like wipes off Galtier's shoulder and then wipes off Galtier's other shoulder, and he's like, hey, it looks like that shiny red armor gets you into lots of places you don't deserve to be then, doesn't it? And he just, like, turns around, sips his coffee. And starts to walk away. Well, I guess we really do hate him. Yeah, I wasn't going to do something like that until Galtier decided he was an asshole. <laughs> do I, um... Sometimes I think Nick has actually no authority in this game. Do you guys get that impression? <laughs> Are we no. writing this story for him? He's no. making us believe that he's written this story. And then he just kind of lets us go into a way that makes me go, Wait a minute. How much of this have you actually written? I genuinely enjoy, like, riffing off of you guys this way. Like, letting you have a little bit of lenience to, to decide how players interact with you. You know? Like, that's fun to me. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll be seeing you then. And he starts to walk away. I cast Cloud of Daggers on him. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is also, like, 15 other people in this place, and they all die. It's a five-foot square, buddy. Oh, Drat. I'm not going to cast this. <laughs> when he says, like, get you places you don't deserve to be, I'm trying to, like, place, like, because I don't truly live in this world, uh, I just pretend to. Um, how, like, where are the striations there? Like, is that is that just a regionalism? Like a, oh, this You're is cool Astorville shit and like, and, like, fuck, yeah, fuck the Reds. We don't want you guys in here. Or is there a, like, is being an Oath Knight still below sort of the landed gentry? You know what I mean? Like, is there a level of nobility that's like, yeah, yeah, cute fucking armor or whatever. But I think that this particular comment was directed at Galtier specifically, not necessarily as a implication of anything to do with the, the Crimson Oath Knights. I think that Galtier maybe didn't have any justification for being on the Palamede the first the first airship and maybe there's a little bit of mm-hmm. resentment there that that uh tend tend worked through the ranks in astrovale to be on that ship and Galtier just showed up as a kid and hopped on it i this guy probably gets a few too many steps away before Galtier actually gets any words out for it to be like a really cool comeback but he does sort of call <laughs> after him um <clears throat> he's like well Maybe if something happens, we could get you deputized, and then you could serve me for a change. Enjoy your coffee. From the other side of like the, so he's like walking out. There's a line going up to the uh, to the server. You just see his hand shoot up, middle finger, as he's still walking away. Wow, very eighties. Yeah, right, right. It's powerful imagery. <laughs> Didn't like him. 
I mean, the story was worth the interaction, but I'm glad that he <laughs> left when he did. I wonder how much this is. Uh, and if oh, is that it. what you grabbed? Yes. Is this important? It'll be worth uh, a lot more to his pride than maybe at the pawn shop, but I still think it's worth it. Sweet. Liza slips the ring on their middle finger and flips him off as uh, their back is turned. So, uh, nice. or as his back is turned, so they can't see it. Yeah, I think that this little watch ring is like, like Matt was saying, it's got like a little watch face on it, but it's God it's got it. like a it's got like a little hovering ball of light that's like the that's like the hour hand that just kind of rotates around. Maybe maybe it's shaped like a little moon or something. It's very small, you know, but you know what I hate is how cool this would actually be. Like it's it's just us saying stupid fucking shit, and then when you describe it, it's like no, it's a fucking magical sun that moves around. And you're like, oh, that's pretty sick. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's, I want no, it's, one. it's pretty cool. Yeah, I would buy it. I, like I would it. buy a watch ring. Also, just watch rings sound cool. Like that to totally exist. Do they? Whoa, Google, here I come. <laughs> we have to pause the podcast for 45 minutes while Nick's shouts for watch rings. So as he walks away, um, Whoa. Those are cool. Nick. So as he walks away, we are. Wait, we, this sorry. was basic. You see item number. <laughs> Those are so extra. Is that a uh, butt plug? And then there's the butt plug. <laughs> like, is that a Cartier that butt plug? <laughs> Nick, Nick, I gotta tell you, there's a thousand dollars. You gotta, you gotta turn your your safe search on, bro. There's an Allen clock. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh my God! That was very good. Big fan of that one. RTA. Oh, that butt was great. Plug. Oh, A plus work. <laughs> uh, sorry, what were you actually going to say, Eliza? <laughs> that was quite the tangent. So at, he's walking away, and this is like just a, a detour for us, really. I, I feel like it's just kind of Liza got a little sidetracked and uh, distracted. So Liza's going to just kind of get shaken out of this by having like a current person from this area who speaks up and ends up knowing Galtier and Liza ends up like connecting that to like what has happened here and it's just like I'm I'm good like I like this was good and nostalgic for a minute but now it's just like it's icky yeah it's Santa it's, Cruz it does, man yeah it's Santa Cruz uh like it just doesn't it's just kind of gross and it just doesn't feel natural. So uh, so Liza's going to get on out of there. Okay. Yeah, this whole little corner of town has been, like, converted to, I don't know, hyper-gentrified nonsense. As we exit the little, like, diner situation, Gauthier is just going to sort of turn to Liza and say, like, Wow, <clears throat> oh, now some things just aren't as much fun as the way you remember them, huh? I mean... I tried to forget a lot, but the things that I did like to remember, it's too bad when you come back and memories are all that's left. Amen. Live as long as I have, and you'll find that's truer than you know. Blip, Babitha, y'all, y'all get enough coffee, you got enough Danish, anyone want one for the road? Sorry we have to leave on account of my friends being dickheads. 
<laughs> I hope he wasn't your friend. Clep is still kind of grinning. We use the word friend a little different in uh, the court. But, yeah, I oh, rich people? I, w- I wouldn't count on him to move a dresser if that's what you mean. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I say, get the fuck out of here. Like, let's, this is, I'm going to grab one more pastry and, and get out of here. Because <laughs> why not? Galtier yeah. has a whole a whole dozen uh, a like box Those scones were fucking great. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. It's great food for sure. Yeah. High quality. Some great coffee. pearl sugar on top. Hell yeah, mm. dude. Left mm. grabbed oh, like is... a whole mm. plate of pastries, like that was clearly like a display plate of like <laughs> the, the just, whole like, display. Dumped case. the whole thing in his mouth and just like dumped half of it in his mouth and like walked out with the other half, just like. As we're leaving, Galtier, hey, wait, we just you gotta pay for this. A... The yeah, Galtier's just gonna stack some small gold coins like on the whatever the <laughs> little banister on the way out. You know what I mean? Um, wow, it's I crazy say... to see that some traditions held true all throughout this time. <laughs> well, you know, Blep's here to honor the the life that Liza once had, and didn't feel kind of, wouldn't wouldn't have felt right paying for that, you know. Yes, it's fine right. for someone like G to pay for it, but not yes. our kind. I remember my sugar daddy's days. So, you guys, you guys leave finally. Um, this was this was as a reminder first thing in the morning, and you guys are on your way to see Admiral Memory uh, about getting yourself set up on the airship. Um, so leaving Camden's quarter behind, you walk through a few smaller little markets as Liza is leading the way around the city. Uh, markets where it smells like fresh cooked fish and fresh squeezed juice. There's shouts of people as they're talking over each other, buying, selling. You know, trading textiles, trinkets, gifts. People are playing games in the streets. You leave all that behind you as you approach the council campus. The wrought iron gate this time is open, and numerous people, humans and tritons both, meander the campus. Most of the buildings are built in the traditional blue and silver Astrovalian glass, like dome sort of things, but inexplicably, the Ark stands in the middle of the campus this massive old ship likely built by giants in the long past. The Ark is where the most important people of Astrovale work, including Admiral Nemri, who you have an appointment with. Gross. Gross Vata. You know, ever since Matt said Gross Vata in like episode 7 or something, very, very early, I use that in my daily life as much as possible. It's like one of my favorite fake stupid words. I mean, it's a very real word that means a very normal thing, but sure, fake and stupid. Let's go with that. (laughs) What does it mean? Grandfather. Oh, Oh, really? (laughs) Wait, it doesn't mean gross water? No, the context in which I mentioned it, I explained all of this. It means grandfather. Gross means like big or large. Yes. Same way way we talk about like gross gross sales or whatever in English, right? Yeah. And Vata is German father, which is like why... um, you know, Darth Vader is a very funny, like, Dark Father is like a bad Dutch yeah. translation. It's like a shitty thing. Um, yeah, Grossvater just means grandpa. And in Grossmutter is grandma. I just use it to describe gross water. And, That's and the I'm problem, not ashamed. In German, water is Wasser. So it's, you get rid of the T, it's got an S in there. Grandwater. It's pretty close. Grandwater. All right. So you guys make your way into the Ark, a giant wooden ship. In the middle of this of this campus, 
entirely inexplicably. <laughs> okay, so before we interact with any NPCs, quick player-to-player <laughs> huddle. <laughs> Matt, just call me out and say, Max, you need to settle the fuck down. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's not it at all. I want to uh, remind myself what we're doing. So we're uh-huh. getting on the airship, probably, right? Mm-hmm. And we are... We got to go check out. We're going to the maelstrom. So we're going near it, and we have the, uh, the like glass situation that we can look through the thing through the magic ship. You guys, right? you guys don't have yeah. a looking glass thing. We we'll uh, never the have ship. One. The ship is is presumably equipped with the ability right. to to got see it. where you need to go. Because I had asked to make that, and you were like, "The ship has it." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we need to make sure we get access to that because we probably will, but that's not a given. And then, Nick, do we already know that the, like, route of the ship is going to take us where we need to go? Like, are they already doing a mission that aligns with what we need to do? I don't... I don't think you guys know that. Okay. You guys just... All you guys know is that the ship is planning to go to the Maelstrom. Okay. And we know that Valentino Castro de Sangre is the captain of the Skyship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galtier already knows him. He was the captain of the prior skyship, so that may help or hurt us, depending on what he thinks of <laughs> my day. If it's uh, anything like ten shoal, it's not going to go great. Right. And, Galtier uh, is going we, to have to be really, really humble. It's going to be an exercise. Well, I'm always. You don't know. It's about humility. You have to be able to, to, to joke about yourself. Pebbleth no. uh, has said you need to be humble, not that you are always humbled. That's true, but you are yes. not always humble. And now I don't understand why we're suddenly ganging up on me. I'm the humblest man that I've ever met. Right, so my bro, when Admiral Nemory brings up you uh, buffing your brains out, how are you going to handle that situation? Are you going to be <laughs> aggressive or are you going to go <laughs> and move on? Do you think that I laugh like that? <laughs> No, hold on. I need to drill down. I need to drill down into your perception of my life because I found that to be. I thought there was a be... spot on. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, now, now you've now you've added more accent, and that hurts me personally. I, well, I I just thought I was trying to make it more authentic. You didn't like the first version. I like the idea that the reason that Galtier was puking off the side of the of the airship was because it was like being attacked by some poison gas monster and it was just making him sick. He wasn't just like nauseous for no reason. He had food yeah. poisoning. He just failed a constitution save. <laughs> yeah, everybody else passed and Galtier failed. <laughs> I think, and, I, and I'll say like I, not to influence the future NPCs I think Galtier's view of this is that like people puke on ships man, like he's been on a bunch of ships and stuff like right. it's a thing that happens and he's been with the soldiers. Boat even though he like hangs out with them all day and then goes and sleeps in his bigger quarters, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But he like, he thinks he's sort of like a man of the people and like has been through it and that's just a thing that happens. And so he doesn't feel that embarrassed about it until it keeps being brought up like this. <laughs> and right. he's like, wait a minute, I'm getting dunked on and I don't know why. Right, it's like, it, it's not a big deal uh, for someone to lives in the desert to like not know how to swim, but then you go to the coast and they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? What do you mean <laughs> you, you don't know how to be in the water? It's like, well, I mean, there's not water like in the ground where I'm from. Right, but you know how to like 
But you've swam before. Well, there's really no place for me to swim unless, you know, there's a flash flood. But, like, if you dig a hole or something, right? Jesus. So, so you guys enter the ark. <laughs> you hang out in the waiting room for just longer than is probably polite. And they have some nasty coffee in there that you guys can fill up on, you know, early in the morning and everything. A whole bunch of bureaucrats wandering back and forth, chattering, assistants following behind them with notebooks, writing notes, and blah, blah, blah. You know the scene looks like. Oh, uh, what do these bureaucrats, what are they wearing? From suits to khakis to nothing. I mean, there's just like, it depends I'm on... Sorry, I'm sorry, did you there's say a lot suits of, to nothing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Soups, it's a bureau... Soup to nuts? <laughs> soup to nuts. It's like a... It's. It depends this on, you casual? know, like... All of the all of the humans in the space are wearing like like nicer looking clothing. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily like suit and tie type of things, but you know, obviously I mean, you nice textile, well, nice color. You, you did just they're, say they're okay. astra- astravalian suits, okay? Which um, are describe them to me. I think uh, Liza is going to put thank you uh, th- <laughs> their hair into a like very tight bun, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, and their hair is still blue. They're going to put it into a very tight bun and then wear like Astervalian bureaucrat yeah, blending yeah. in mm. type of clothing with their glamoured studded leather armor. Think and they're like, just going to change that because like they want to find like togas and like long tunics with sashes, things like that. Okay. Yeah. Various yeah, so colors, Liza's like just gonna... finer textiles in this space than you would see outside. Yeah, Liza's going to basically, uh, yeah, just go very bureaucratic looking new wave, but professional, you know, and because <laughs> whatever, because they they want to look like someone who is important and also working with this Crimson Oath Knight. So it's like mm-hmm. kind of a bridging of the gap. Like we're already oh, already yeah. going to have Admiral Nimri, but. I want to have, like, if we are off on our own, I want to be able to look yeah, like yeah. I belong and look like I'm guiding these folks. Yeah, I like that. That's great. Babitha sees this change, kind of looks Liza up and down, and looks at Blip and kind of resides and nods her head and uh, kind of moves her cloak, and Blip moves behind her and just, like, cinches her corset super tight. <laughs> and we're like, her waist oh gets God. small, and her chest gets pushed up, and she also. <laughs> She nods and she just starts walking with a little more suede in her step. And like a little puff of dust just comes out from the back because it hasn't been cinched up that long in that long. The dust particles just... Oh, fuck. Blev is just like... <laughs> I just realized that when we de- whenever we describe clothing in this world... It reminds me so much more of an episode of like a, a Next Generation or Stargate or something, <laughs> where it's like it's like weird '90s costuming that's like vaguely medievalish, but it's also just sort of like I don't know, colorful tunics or whatever. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that just, sounds like that sounds like, like my whole DM style though. Like, I don't know, yeah. like colorful tunics or something. Or, or like, how do we know this is a different city? You're like the lighting softer or whatever. Who, who, who <laughs> like, I, I think I think you know. I think you know. All of a sudden. Your eyes have a sepia tone, and it's just—it's crazy. Weird. The saturation's turned up real high. Um, Okay, so you guys get led back into Admiral Nemery's office. This time, you're kind of like escorted back there by uh, some assistant who you don't recognize. 
uh, knock on the door, blah, 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 get in, and uh, Nemery sits you guys down. This feels like uh, this feels like seeing Sherrington all over again. You guys are like sitting on this nice big rug. Oh, it's super this suspicious. Guy Liza, Liza has roll, roll their pits. hand <sighs> on their dagger. <laughs> so, my friend the Oath Knight and those representing Madrigal have finally come back. That's fantastic. Take a seat. Let's talk business. Admiral, so good to see you. Absolutely. Please, please, go ahead. Well, first now, of all, thank you for coming back this today. this conversation be happening on the airship? I don't want to be pushy about it. I'm just so well, part of the problem, you see, is that you can't access the airship without express written permission from me. Yes, and? Why don't we all have a seat and hear what the Admiral has to say? Well, you you, you sound you sound as if you had express written permission from me yesterday. You didn't. What? I'm giving it to you now. Can Liza yes. hold up the... the Kuridis. And <laughs> ticket and just Caribdis. Like, yes, I would like to carib that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Liza, as soon as we get the like the permission, Liza's going to pull out the ticket uh and give it to Admiral Nimory uh very disdainfully. Oh, Oh right. Well, this I very much appreciate this. I've been looking forward to seeing to seeing a good Charybdis for quite some time. They say he hasn't fed in a long time, and he tucks it in his little pocket. I I love how much you make this guy sound like he sucks, but just just the small things you say, like he tucks it in his little pocket. <laughs> <laughs> like what a what a fucking what? sick burn. That's so casual. Is he an infant? <laughs> that's how that's how you describe someone's toddler who you're like isn't it so cute they're wearing pants he tucked it in his little pocket well I appreciate this uh, I can't wait to view it and uh, to be sitting next to my brand new friends from Madrigal what an honor what an absolute honor and how tall that. is this guy thank you he's like, thank you, he's like five foot he's a little short okay dude even his I pockets mean, he's still are two feet taller than you know Babs and Blood. In this situation, you're sitting or standing on one side of his desk, and he's sitting in his comfy office chair. He's oh, got, okay. like, inbox and outbox of paperwork all over his desk and shit. He reaches into his desk, moving things forward, pulls out a couple sheets of paper, and he starts scrawling on them. Um, they're, like, Liza flinches because the last time someone <laughs> opened a, a drawer behind a oh, desk. Yeah. As soon as someone opens a drawer, we are all... Uh, the, we're sitting, but the weight is on the balls of our feet. Yeah. He he heats up some wax, pours it on some paper, and smashes this blue wax down with a seal of Astervale, the shape of a lighthouse. And there's two separate pieces of paper. And he slides them forward and he says, I was only able to secure two rooms for you, two quarters on the ship. Now, you all four have passage and are permitted to be on the trip, on the journey. Keep your things in your room, keep yourself separated. Try not to interfere too much with the workers and the mission as it is. Understood. How many beds in the room? Unfortunately, I don't know that I can answer that question as I've not seen them. Brutal. We understand, Admiral. I, I do have a, a follow-up question. Uh, of course, we spoke with uh, Mr. DePonce 
as you suggested that we we might do. Oh, right. How was that? uh, It it was a most illuminating experience. I do have uh, some concerns. He's kind of awful. Right? You, is it you just see, us? Or you see do all you of also memories get that from him. All of memories like fins like quiver for a second. Like you know how when you see a dog and you're like you can He's tell that on. dog is uncomfortable? No no no, his whole like his fins are just like ugh. Mm. So you well, don't like now, him either then? Oh no, he is he's absolutely the worst. Oh, thank okay, cool. I thought listen, mm-hmm. I thought you were cool and I thought we were cool, but like I just wasn't really sure because like you sent us to talk to him and he's the worst. And the, I just was the, like The, the matter city of his character aside. The city we, funds we his work very request. graciously, just so that he stays over there in his lighthouse. In his observatory. Well his gilded cage seems to be working out just fine. Now he did inform us <laughs> that there is uh, something called an umbral lens where we might be able to see into the maelstrom and that uh, Captain de Son Grey may be in possession of one such a thing. Now, I was hmm. hoping, if it's not too much of an imposition, that you would, in your due course to assist the great king of all of Madrigal, you would allow us uh, some time with this particular uh, ocular device so that we may investigate during our trip and see if we can discover some of what our mission entails and and do so uh, leisurely and quietly, as it were. Well, first and foremost, I'm rather upset that you know anything about the Umbral Lens in the first place. It's not something that I wish he would have shared. Well, it's actually something that I thought of. It was like, listen, I don't want to toot my own, <laughs> toot my own horn, but toot, toot. See, I actually was the one that was like, hey, it'd be great if we could do this. Do you think if we, like, use these things that we could, like, make this thing? And he was like... <laughs> One step ahead of you, babe. I totally got your back. So, like, it's not like it was that well of a kept, like... Like, you make it sound like it's proprietary, but, like, I thought of it, like, right away. So, like, yeah, yes, you know. I'm sure that you did. But most of my population has not and will not. And if you could do me one more favor and speak of that to nobody. Yeah. Oh, good to know. Well, I'm glad you said something. Cause that is obviously, highly classified information. Because obviously, Admiral, you know, Pouncey Pants, mm. like, definitely did not tell us to keep it that a secret. Blabbermouth. So, because you have asked, happy to do it, darling. I'm so good at keeping a secret. You'll never even know that I so, knew, except for the fact that we are going to need access to that device. So, I yeah. will just let you know that Tin Shoal was telling people about it all over the market square. Like he was talking about it like nonstop. How do you how do you spell that? His name was as in Tinder Shoal and Shoal Fairy (laughs) Writes it down. Oh, I'll I'll have to address that as soon as possible. Now, in in the meantime, he wore this ring. (laughs) 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 Oh, I love it. That's how you can verify his identity. Wow, I just ruined a man's life. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Welcome to nobility. Speaking on matters regarding the umbral lens, as you call it, on the ship, unfortunately, I don't have control over it. I don't know who possesses it. As a matter of plausible deniability, I exclude and recuse myself from that sort of information. Now, perhaps you could speak Now, hold on a minute. I know that it's in the possession of one... Uh, Valentino Cashman with some again, again, your friend has has loose lips that may just sink this particular ship. Literal airship. I normally now. wouldn't ask for such a heavy-handed gesture as a writ, 
but I I must in this case because immediately well, after leaving DePounce's city-funded observatory, we were immediately attacked by members of the Luminous, and it seems to me like your job yeah. here is to keep security in your community, which you have not done for me and my party agents of, might I remind you, the king of all of this land. And so this seems like a small kindness you could just do for us. Amidst friendly politics, Desjardins, I do not appreciate you playing dirty. Now, I don't think there's anything dirty about it. A man tried to slip my fucking throat. Admiral, yes, and that will might be I, Might I remind you that the letter in my pocket makes me your superior if it need come to that, and I would not like it to come to that. Would you, really? Sir? None of us wanted to come to that because, you know, none of us take it The ego. It would just, does. please, it would just be so unbearable. He, he starts talking to Blip. So, I can write a writ that would access, give you access to anything that you need on the ship, and then he side-eyes Galtier. But matters of the ship are beyond me. I fund it as the city. I fund it. I help create it, and I ensure that it is operational. But I am not the captain, and I do not keep track of the missions of the ship in particular. I'm a very busy gentleman. As I've said, I can grant you access to everything that I have permission to and ability to. And I will do that. Tell your friend to play nice. We're friends here. And he, did he say this all, you said he said this all to Blip? Yeah. <laughs> Such hey, a Nick. weird angle. <laughs> Nick, real quick. I, uh, I meant to text this to you earlier today. Jesus, I'm so sorry I forgot. Um, I would like to amend the changeling ability and uh, basically make it so it's not completely broken. Um, would it be okay if, like... I'm all ears. Uh, would it be okay if there is a character that I want to clock in my brain as someone that I want to potentially um, change into? Could mm -hmm. I do, like, a DC 15 perception check or something beforehand to see how well I memorize their... Self you know what? And... You know what I actually like is similar to like how teleporting works. Sometimes is like the better that you roll, the closer you get to your location. Maybe we can do a roll to see how well you imitate that person. So okay. like when you try to when if when you try to transform into Admiral Memory, for example, like you'd roll a D one hundred, and based on how good you roll, it would be a more convincing transformation. And how well the person that you're talking to knows the person, too, probably would also be a factor, right? Like, if you're talking to an underling and you're pretending to be some general that they've never met, right, it's probably a lower DC versus, like, trying to convince the king that you're Natalie Portman. Yeah, I guess my thing was just, like, it's normally I just need to talk to the person for a minute in general. And to me, it's just like, okay, if I talk to the person for a minute, I would like to just have some sort of role that I have agency over. Okay, um, I see what you mean. To, and so, like, the D100 just has it be 100% luck, which doesn't feel all that yeah, true yeah. to the actual point of the race. We can also yeah. set the, um, you know, we could use a, a luck roll like that, but then set the DC accordingly based on the amount of interaction you've had. So, like, mm -hmm. for example, you know, I'm thinking DM brain here, like, you just take a D20, and it's like, if you want to impersonate Galtier, it's like, just don't get a nat one. 
right? We've yeah. been living together on the road for. If you want to impersonate that guy you spotted in the market, like uh, we we can we can uh, figure this out later. I was just I wanted to clock yeah. that now because I wanted to see okay if I can turn into Admiral Nimri on this ship, it makes our lives just way easier at least in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Um, that but, feels risky though. Yeah, and my my thing was uh, I just. It, it just feels like such a cop-out to be like, oh, I can just turn into him, you know? It's just not as... Yeah, we've yeah. seen that We've yeah. seen that have a huge impact multiple times. I don't want to fuck your okay. story. Yeah, like, Max, you're right, I... though. It does feel, like, super overpowered in a reasonable setting like this to be able to turn into the most powerful people in town just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Nick and I can work this out. I just uh, wanted to clock that for future stuff. Yeah. Um... Okay, jumping back into where we were at, Nick, you you had him deliver that message to Blep that he can, like, get us the writ, but mm-hmm. he's, like, for whatever reason he's being, he doesn't want to, like, deal with the direct confrontation. Um, mm-hmm. is, he the, is he then, like, writing it out? Like, does he just start doing it? Yeah, it's it's going to be, like, a, an addition to the one that you already have. Like, he's just, like, writing right. it at the bottom of, of the current one. Okay. Um, or of the passage to the ship, you know what I mean? As he's doing that, I want to kind of like make eyebrows at the rest of the party. And then once he's done, say like, oh, oh no, thank you so much, Admiral. Please, please, we'll, we'll take leave of you now. Um, Gauthier fully intends to get everyone else to or out of the door before himself. Okay. Uh, and I want to turn back to the Admiral and make eye contact. And say like, now, my friends look me in the eye when they have something to say to me. I, so you I have think that the, you need to say, Admiral. I think the other three of them. I think the other three of them have left the room at this point, and it's just oh, like Blub definitely. Blub definitely snuck back in, uh, but he is also, silent, just observing. Galtier turns and says it like they're politely out of the room. Galtier turns <laughs> right. and says it to where like obviously they can still hear the door. So you know what I mean? Like right. it's not a secrecy thing. It's a saving face, like weird right. court politics, mm-hmm. more of a maneuver. Right. But yeah, we're they done can for here. Sure hear all this. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, I, I like this a lot. If if you wouldn't mind, Mr. Desjardins, I am sorry. Would you please close the door and take a seat? And he says that, like, loud enough that they can hear. Apologizing to you and asking you to close the door behind so, like, you're inside them. Um, Galtier's going to oh, take a shit. seat. And he pulls a lever, and Galtier falls in a pit. Of <laughs> See you next week. Uh, Galtier's going to take a seat and say, well, now, the rip from the king covers my friends as well, and they've done you a kind service by stepping outside that door. But you can say what you have to say. Uh, Liza's going to loudly, loudly close the door and then not lock it and just, like, like, slowly, quietly push it back open so you can hear. Did you guys never do that with your parents? No. Oh, no, I know what you mean. I, yeah. I roll me a, roll me, roll me a, I think stealth is what I want on this one. 27. <laughs> Jesus. Fucking <laughs> Eliza. Okay. So... 
Nemri sees the door latch behind Gaultier, gestures to the seat. Gaultier, you come in and sit down, yeah? And mm-hmm. Admiral the Admiral puts his puts his elbows up on the shoulder on puts his elbows up on the desk and kind of leans forward. Now, Mr. Dejamot. Surely you can understand and respect the idea that while I may be the Admiral of Astrovale, it doesn't mean that I'm entitled to every single piece of information that flows through Astrovale, to Astrovale, or from Astrovale. There are some missions which are considered sensitive to us for military purposes or various other reasons that I don't have full information of. When I say that I may not be able to give you access to the lens, it's not because I don't want to, it's perhaps because I cannot. When I say to that, Admiral, I do understand your position, and I expect you to serve your king and point me to the man who can give me the things that your king needs. And, furthermore, I would expect you to say so in plain language. These are the trusted compatriots of your king, the one true king of all this land. I don't know why you're playing these kind of games and you want my associates to sit outside, but they've shed blood for you. You would do well to remember that. Captain Valentino Castroma de Sangre can answer any question that you have regarding the lens, I presume. And once you're on the ship, he will be happy to do so. I've included instructions on the writ of passage on your passage to the ship that will get you all the information that he has to offer, or that he is willing to offer at that point. It is beyond me. Are you implying that there's information he might not be willing to offer? Because that is an unacceptable term. He has the writ on the passage telling him to give information from my order. What he does with that is beyond me. Well, that doesn't sound like much of an order, then, does it? That sounds more like a, a question, maybe a polite request. Well, you can take that up with him and come back to Do me. Do you mean to tell me that Captain ranks higher than an admiral here in Astervale? Why is Galtea got- being so confrontational? That's, that's what I said, too. Antagonistic? I was going to say that Liza just, like, yells out from the hallway, just, I have no idea what any of these titles mean. <laughs> I can no more control my captain in this current situation than you can control your companions in your situation. They do as they please. Now, the mission to the Maelstrom is of the highest classification. I don't think... The title of admiral and the title of captain belie a hierarchy of military that surely you are supposedly supposed to understand. Now, the people out there in the hallway who, again, by the way, can choose to outrank you at any moment, uh, they do this fully voluntarily. Others here have sworn to service in a hierarchy that you don't seem to be following out here in the West. And my, my question and my suspicion wild, now is why? Wild West, as they call it. What's gotten so into your britches there, Admiral, that you don't do your duty? Crimson, the Maelstrom. Perhaps being from the Inlands, as you touch, such as you are, from Madrigal itself, you don't understand the significance of the Maelstrom, a void in the very space around us that's existed for... 10, 11 generations, and all of a sudden we what have I, the ability to what enter What I this. see is that this generation seems to have a void leadership behind that very desk. Well, that feels entirely unnecessary. 
Has the maelstrom made it all the way here into the Ark, Admiral? Feel free to excuse yourself, Dejamo. We've spoken enough. Uh, Gothia's gonna take like a long, like a, it's like 60 to 90 seconds is just gonna sit. And just wait it out for a minute. Admiral starts doing paperwork. The, the, the door is right there. Every every time he talks, Galtier is going to not move forward that much. Like, until it gets to the point where he can sort of satisfactorily go, like, I got up because I just felt like it. <laughs> He's going to just fucking sit there and just be petty as shit. Um, Galtier is, like, I, I think probably pretty pissed that, like, it seems like the chain of command here is broken down and there's some sort of, like, Astervale has some other contingent where it seems like maybe this captain has secrets that aren't getting reported up the chain, which means that, you know, if that's the case, then they can't really report those things to the king, which means that we can't really be doing these, like, kingdom-spanning missions with the right knowledge and intel and that, like, in his experience, that's how, like, innocent people get fucking killed by hordes of orcs is because regions aren't <laughs> where they're supposed to be, right? Sure, like, sure. He, he's, like, fully snowballed into this, like, any lack of order is full disorder. Mm. Um, and is just like, now he's just fully in like a petty dick measuring contest with the Admiral. And we'll wait until there's a long enough period of silence. Before can I, standing up. can I help you? Oh, and you keep trying, but it doesn't seem like you have the spine for it, Admiral. It feels as though you refuse to accept the, the notions and the ideas that I try to tell you. I refuse to accept that you decline your position. Uh, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but um, they're actually closing dinner service early tonight <laughs> because of the charybdis, and like, I'm gonna listen. Charybdis! You know how I get when I'm feeling peckish, and like, I'm just like slowly losing my patience out here. So if we could just get the fuck out and like go get some grub uh, before this horrible, horrible thing you're gonna make me do, that would be, that would be great. <laughs> With with Babatha's um, with Babatha's sort of interruption of this like awkward standoff, Gothia's gonna sort of stand up, like straighten up, you know, this like tunic under the armor or whatever, and just like curt nod and head out. Uh, and that's it. See you tonight, darling. Babatha is saying that to to Avril Memory because we still have to spend the whole fucking evening with this guy, G. It's <laughs> part of why I did it. <laughs> I'm just enforcing my lawfulness, which you guys haven't seen. <laughs> enforcing my lawfulness. Fair enough. Gothier is way more committed to lawful than he is to good or evil, right? Right. And that's not always a good combo. No. We leave the arc. <laughs> yes, please, let's move on. It's getting... We, um, no, we want to... So we, we want to take our stuff. We want to meet up with, we should probably like go meet whoever's at the docks loading stuff and load up our sort of supplies and accoutrement at the airship, right? And then... Uh, but what do we have for know, dinner? Ch check in for our flight, so to speak. I, are we not doing dinner at Charybdis? 
Uh, yeah, you. Oh, do they have like stadium yeah, yeah, yeah. food? Yeah, oh, for, well, sure, okay. for sure, for sure, then, for sure, for sure. Right. All right, all right. Cool, cool, cool. So then, I just want to like pregame a little bit, you know. I mean, they have to. They have and to by that, I just mean Babatha's gonna take one of her potions and chase it, uh, you know, with a pint of ale, um, because her stuff's all ready to to go and uh, being toted in a like a saddlebag. She's like basically like to put her satchel like she's just got it awkwardly tied like a saddlebag to the uh, to um, hubbub. I 100% thought you were gonna say she chases it with some aioli, and I just was baffled. That would be a bad thing to do. Yeah, I'm baffled. I am baffled. Let's go check out the docks downtown. Uh, hit up your little inn spot, the name of which changes every single time. I think we'll call it the Seafoam Inn. Grab your, your I stuff. I like Seafoam name a lot <laughs> the, more. <laughs> the, the name keeps changing, but they keep the sign underneath that says, under new management. Just every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you grab your, your stuff, which granted, it's not a lot of stuff. You guys have been traveling fairly light, considering the distances you're traveling. Um, uh, grab your stuff and head towards the docks where the airship is docked. So this is at the edge of the city. This is where water crashes to the shore of Arbalea from the northwest. The docks of Astervale are a marvel in their own right. Everything in Astervale has been beautiful and everything in Astervale is over the top and just overdone. But the docks themselves they, they could be a wonder of this world. They're amazing. There's bazaars on platforms in the middle of these intricately crafted docks that there's different layers to them that go up and down and weave around each other. Fresh foods imported from exotic lands. There's It's these place where all this stuff is hitting the market for the first time. Some of these ships themselves that are on these, these docks float under under the docks and into certain little ports in the dock space. Uh, some some of the ships let people on board to do the shopping on ships. Some other ships have armed guards that protect the boarding ramps. Each section of the dock has like these large timber-framed arches carved with imagery of, of anything you can imagine. And they sprawl out into the water 150, 200, 300 yards. I mean, it's just, they're just like, there's such... They, they, they are expansive and beautiful. There's dock workers, shoppers, buskers, bards, city patrol. Sit, plenty of tritons wander the docks. And you know what? There's even a Ferris wheel and a roller coaster at the far side. Maybe you don't, maybe you've never seen a roller coaster. But it looks a hell of a lot like Santa Cruz, baby. I mean, oh we, we're God. all just on a mine cart. So I think that we just look at that and be like, why did someone make a... A, like, self-enclosed minecart loop. I mean, it was, I guess it's kind of fun when you're not being chased by terrifying I mean, insectoids. But uh, Have you ever seen how people scoop up the salt? It may have been just, like, it may be, like, a historical monument. Like, how, how they used to create salt mm. back in the day, you know? Mm. like It's mm. weird that the sign says, Escape from Crescia. Lies, you been writing songs again? <laughs> um... I mean... What do you mean you have to be this tall to ride poetry. this ride? <laughs> what kind of bullshit is this? That's racist! The, the Ferris wheel has a racist. smaller wheel slightly on the inside. 
can we just say that there's a really, really tiny roller coaster that's in behind the big roller coaster and you just it's, can't see it? It's like and in the, center. The, the Ferris wheel has like an outer wheel and then an inner wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and inside each wheel, there's another line that has another thing that they're just called a ride. And, but for the smaller ones, it's a max and a minimum. Must be below this height. Yeah, must be below this, must be above this. Yeah. Oh, fantasy fairs must be such a pain. <laughs> There's just like a little fairy, uh, a little fairy thing that's like maybe four feet, four feet long. So standing in the middle of all of these various layers of boardwalks and docks, like a giant blue button is a very out of place dome shaped building. Very obviously the hangar. Hot. We, we go there. What? We want. We, Nick. I know you have a paragraph written about how fucking cool this airship is, and I want to hear it. Uh, Liza. Liza uh, buys some uh, funnel cake. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Uh, oh, on Galtier that note, gets down. Galtier makes sure anyone who wants funnel cake gets a funnel cake. This okay. is a good uh, place to, to resupply on anything. I mean, if you're thinking weapons or armor or anything like that, I doubt it. But um, there's, like you, you can find anything. Have any here. By the way, are we getting paid by the king? I, dude, I could have been. <laughs> Everybody slowly looks at Galtier for just a second and then back to the entrance. <laughs> uh, can Liza <laughs> pick out some like rich dicks and try and uh, pickpocket them? Uh, yeah, give me a D6 roll, and then we'll do a couple of uh, a couple of little uh, sleight of hand rolls. That's, that's a one. Okay, yeah. Uh, everybody's pretty busy. Person. It's kind of hard to get yourself around anybody, but you do see this one guy that looks like he's maybe a bit belligerent, let's just say, having a good time at the roller coaster. That's 14. Roll his perception real quick against that. Let's see. Guess. Disadvantage if he's drunk. Oh, yeah, I already got it ready. Oh, 17 with disadvantage. Brutality. Brutality. Hey, what the fuck are you thinking you Oh, I'm sorry, big boy. I was just uh, noticing you and your belligerentness. Oh, look over there. And then, like, kneecaps him and then goes into the crowd. <laughs> okay, sure. I like that as a resolution. We are... <laughs> really great foreign dignitaries y'all all three of us are really all four of us are really killing it all 700 of us it's the three of you and then all of liza's the, the one character that actually got like real bureaucratic movement from a foreign advisor of some kind during this episode is Blood. yep <laughs> Blup got directly addressed and then got the paperwork signed while everyone else fucking and now out. has and now has it like in his possession. Yeah, like yeah. Blup has the that, writ. That's where we're at. It's under his hat. We walk to the butt. Yeah, you walk we to the go button. to this hangar. So it's a giant. It's a giant dome-shaped building that's just like. All of the docks in this place are like built around this thing. Like it's very obviously like a focal point of the whole dock system here. And you show show your writs to the guard out front, who pretty ca- 
casually lets you in. He doesn't really look too close. He sees the stamp, he sees the signature, and you know his job is to just keep strangers out. And you guys enter where you see diffused blue light that radiates from the translucent ceiling. These are similar to all of the other ceilings that you saw, you know, when you first crested the pass and saw the city. There is any number of people, some soldiers, some civilians that are busy, but what obviously catches your eyes is the ship moored in the water in the middle of this circular space. There are three massive fine sails emblazoned with the cerulean lighthouse of Astervale, and they're all open. You see people standing up on the masts, adjusting the sails and the ropes. There's four horizontal propellers jut from the hull of the ship, one at each quadrant, and they are sort of slowly rotating, and you hear the of an engine that's just barely churning. And magically glowing white paint on the bow of the ship identifies it as the Yaruka. Yaruka. Guys, I think that while we're looking at this magically glowing white paint on the Yuraka, the scene fades to black. And you're all gassed and die. But you guys... No, 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 you're dead. But you dying is where we will pick up next time on Knucklebones. You gasping for air. (laughs) It'll be a short episode next week because of that. But don't worry about it. I wish you were just assassinating someone from the turnbuckle right now. <laughs> <laughs>